Good morning, Kingwood Church. It's great to be with you today and to have the opportunity to share the third message in our series called Hope Wins. The key verse that we've been clinging to through this series is Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18. And I want to share that with you again this morning. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. At Kingwood, we've been praying that God would open the eyes of our heart to the hope that we found in him. Today, we're going to talk about how God processes in our lives through seasons of disappointment. This is a time of great disappointment in America. COVID-19 has brought so much loss to our lives, lost opportunities, lost income, lost celebrations, lost pastimes, lost missions trips, lost summer camps and kids camps, and so many other things that we can never recover. Most importantly, there have been loss in health and even loss of life through this pandemic. But into a season of disappointment, God brings hope. He speaks encouragement to us, and that's what I want to talk to you about today. My family did a road trip over spring break last year, and we went in search of the true birthplace of Coach Paul Bear Bryant. He was born in Morrow Bottom, Arkansas. Now, obviously, I'm identifying myself as an Alabama fan here. So if you're an Alabama fan, give me a heart, show some love to the Crimson Tide. If you're not an Alabama fan, I think there's an orange angry face that you can press there. So go for it if you need to do that. So we headed in search of Bear's birthplace. And I, if I'm honest, this was a time of difficulty in my life. It was a season that a lot of disappointments had kind of strung themselves together, didn't really appear to have an end in sight. So I was looking forward to the diversion, just really needed a road trip. So we headed to Arkansas and we went in search of Bear's birthplace. Now there's a sign on a highway outside Fordyce, Arkansas that claims to be the birthplace of Bear Bryant. But the biographers who've written books on his life say that was not it. So where is the elusive Morrow Bottom? There were no signs welcoming us to that community. The, the community didn't exist on a map anywhere. And I'm not sure in all my travels that day that I ever actually found the birthplace of Bear Bryant. But what I did notice was that all over that county, I kept crossing a creek called Morrow Creek. So what I understood after talking with locals and researching was that Morrow Bottom actually referred to a creek that had overflowed its boundaries in every direction and had actually become a swamp. That's what's meant by the term bottom. So why am I telling you this? Because as I drove down those country Arkansas roads that day, the Lord put an impression in my heart, and it was this. My disappointment is like that creek. It overflowed its boundaries, and if I didn't give it some boundaries, it would affect things that it shouldn't. It would damage relationships that it shouldn't. It would become a bottom in my life. It would chew up territory that it shouldn't. Well, isn't that a picture of how disappointment works in our lives sometimes? I've got good news for you today, though. The, the same thing that the Lord showed me that day 
is applicable to you. God wants to help us in our disappointments. He wants to set boundaries around it. He wants to drown out false narratives. He wants to show us the points of encouragement that he set all around our lives, and he wants to help us to move forward. There's a story in John chapter 11 that I want to share with you. The story involves Jesus and three good friends of his, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, who happened to be siblings. Mary and Martha had sent word to Jesus that their brother was sick. And Jesus had sent word back to them and, and basically said, don't worry, he's going to be fine. He'll recover. What's really interesting to me about this story is what Jesus didn't do. Let's read picking up in verse 6. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. And then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. Jesus' delay here really makes no sense at all. We are not told of any significant appointment that Jesus attended to during that time. But during his delay, and despite his reassurances, Lazarus died. And Mary and Martha began to welcome guests, family and friends coming in to console them. And it was not until four days after Lazarus died that Jesus finally showed up. If this had been in Alabama, the funeral would have already been over and the body would have been in the ground. But Martha first and later Mary, they spoke to Jesus the same exact words as he arrived. Even though they were wired very differently, they both spoke the universal language of disappointment. Chapter 11, verse 21, Martha said, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. A few verses later, Mary said, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. How would you respond in a moment like this? From this story, I want to give you three simple thoughts about processing disappointment. The first one is this, acknowledge your disappointment. The truth is every one of us has experienced some disappointment in our lives. Now we have an unfair benefit in, in reading this story because we know it's gonna have a happy ending. But let's pretend we haven't seen this movie before. Let's try to stand in the place of Mary and Martha and just feel what they felt for just a moment. They had an incredible sense of disappointment and that disappointment was in part directed at Jesus. Think of a deep disappointment you've been through in your own life. Stand in that place, reflect on that for just a moment. Can't we all fill in the sentence, Lord, if you had been here? Lord, if you had been here, my situation would have turned out differently. My need would have been met. My hurt would have been healed. My harm would have been avoided. Life is full of disappointments. The promotion you didn't get, the deal that fell through, the relationship that didn't work out, the promise that got broken, the dream that seemed to die. But where was God in all of these disappointments? If only he had been here, we think. Disappointments give notice that something we expected to happen will now never take place. 
And that includes followers and even friends of Jesus. It's okay to stand in that place and feel that loss for a moment, but it's important that we do so with the next point in my message in mind. Understand that disappointment is a crossroads. From a spiritual standpoint, disappointment is not a destination. It's a decision point. It's the beginning of a trailhead with two paths, and one of those paths takes you to a dark place that you don't want to go. Remember Morrow Bottom? When your disappointment becomes a bottom in your life, it starts to run together. You start to connect disappointments that aren't even connected. You start to assign motives to people who aren't even thinking about you. Disappointment unchecked by God's work in our life looks for something or someone to blame. Maybe that person you blame is God. Mary and Martha did. I have, perhaps you have too at times. Why didn't God intervene? Why didn't God act? Why didn't God prevent something from happening? Maybe the person that you blame is, is someone else. They let you down. They did you wrong. They caused you pain. Disappointment channels itself through anger directed at another person, but that's not God's way for us to move forward. Or maybe the person you blame is you. Sometimes we can let the enemy cause us to turn blame on ourselves, and that's called shame. God is not the author of shame. The Holy Spirit will use conviction to draw us toward God, but shame always pushes us away, and that's no good. These are just a few of the reasons that we don't want to go down the path of disappointment. And the good news is we don't have to. When we take hold of the hope that's available in God, He gives us a way that we can move forward. Number three, our disappointment can be redeemed by God. Allow God to redeem your disappointment. The question we all face in a season of disappointment is this, what possible good can come out of this situation? Often the answer is neither obvious nor is it immediate. But if we trust in the character of God, He will help us begin to move forward. Let me illustrate with a personal story. My role at Kingwood allowed me a front row seat for a very difficult situation that happened about a year ago. We had a wonderful Christian school here at Kingwood that for decades flourished and, and, and blessed our community. But the school began to decline and we gathered our efforts and prayed and worked and strategized long hours over many months to try to save it. But in the end, we couldn't save it. The intense process that led to closing our school was one that I wouldn't wish on anybody. So many lives were affected, careers were upended, students were displaced, friends were scattered. It was a very difficult time. You know, the enemy loves to kick us when we're down. And so about the time I felt like we were moving past the worst of this whole decision-making process, 
the next wave hit and it hit in my home. The realization set in on my two kids who had such a, a love for the school, who had benefited from it, who had received such spiritual foundation and formation through it and had friends and teachers that they loved, it began to set in on them. Their process of disappointment began. And if I'm honest, I'm still sad when I think about it today. And I know a lot of other people are as well. But this transition, we moved on and got into a different school. And I remember Joshua, my son, began to ride the bus home from school every day, which was a totally new adventure. A middle school bus has so much colorful language on it that we nicknamed it in our household, the cuss bus. But on this bus, Joshua made a friend, a young man who really didn't have a lot of church background at all. And Joshua invited him to church. He invited him to our youth service, to an outreach called BOSMO. And at the end of that service, when the invitation was given, that young man raised his hand and he prayed a prayer to receive Jesus as his savior. Not only that, but out of that, his family members became connected with Kingwood and began to be involved in our church. And you know, one, one day we were sitting around, my family and I, we were at dinner and just talking and kind of sharing through the disappointment of what we had lost with the school. And it occurred to us that out of that disappointment came an opportunity to welcome someone who we never would have met into the kingdom of God. Sometimes new appointments can only come by means of some disappointments in our lives. Why did your disappointment happen? Odds are you're not going to get the specific answer that you're looking for. But in John 11:4, we do at least get a clue as to the reason. Jesus said, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. God rarely answers the question why, but he regularly speaks hope to our soul. And it sounds like this. Trust me. I love you. I have a good plan for your life. I know what's best. Wait and see. I want to pray today for hope to prevail over disappointment in your life. First, I want to speak to the person who's dealing with disappointment uh, right now. I want to tell you through my own disappointments, I've learned that God wants to bring healing and encouragement to you. If that's you today, drop over to the comment section and just type in the words, I need hope or I need prayer. One of our prayer team will surround you and begin to minister to you there. Also, if that's you today, I'd like to ask you when we pray, would you take your hands right where you are and just open your palms and just turn them up as a symbol of releasing that disappointment to God. Let's pray right now. Lord, I lift up that individual right now who feels the heaviness of disappointment, that person who hasn't found a way to move forward. Though we don't understand, 
God, we declare that you're good and that you have a plan. We release our disappointment to you today and we ask you to redeem it. You love us and we can trust you with every part of our lives. Thank you, Lord. I wanna pray for one other person today before we close. For the person who's in a good place, for the person who's not dealing with a present disappointment. Our tendency in good times is to try to avoid drama and, and difficulty in the lives of other people. But would you be available to God to help someone who is walking through that season right now? Before our worship team comes back to sing one final song, I, I want to pray with you as well. Father, I thank you for those seasons in life when we do experience relief and, and margin. I thank you for those who are experiencing abundant life right now. Help them to have a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit in this season to be available for your assignment in someone's life. Thank you, Lord, that we can be used by you to bring hope into someone else's disappointment. In Jesus' name, amen. It's been great to be with you today. Hope you'll stay for the final worship song. And I pray that God would bless you today and help you as hope wins over disappointment. God bless you.